You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hello Wing Column podcast alongside former Major Leaguer Mike Bassick. I'm Jared Sandler. Well, thankfully we're doing this on a Thursday morning, not a Wednesday morning, because... We might have had a a lot more negativity to discuss, but the Rangers got a nice win last night over the Angels. Might be the most complete game they've they've put together so far this season when you consider the starting performance, the work of the bullpen, and the ability to to score with power and score by manufacturing runs. Uh, So a nice win for the Rangers. Hopefully they can build on that today with you, Darvish, on the mound and a chance to win a series. But let's start with the the big topic right now. It seems like uh, every year we start with bullpen discussion in the month of April and maybe even into early May. Sam Dyson appears to be out as the closer for the time being. Uh, I, my guess is that if healthy, Matt Bush will take over that job, but right now he's not healthy. Last night we saw Jose Leclerc get the save. It would have been Tony Barnett had they not scored two more runs in the ninth inning. It was a pretty impressive uh, pretty impressive win for the bullpen. Let me, before we get into the bullpen, let me ask you this. I'm not a big rah-rah, this game means more, you know, whatever guy. Uh, this is an emotional win, blah, blah, blah. You know, you play 162 games, whatever. Was last night's win any any more significant because of their struggles and the fact that they did get such a good job done by the bullpen? I think it was significant that having a 6-3 to three lead and then 8-3 to three lead, that they didn't, the Angels didn't get close. So I'm just going to say, as a position player, and I was a pitcher, but... I know position players because I was around them all the time. If that game would have ended up being eight to six or eight to seven with a Rangers win, they wouldn't have felt that good about it. They'd have been like, okay, we won, but God, our bullpen is horrible. But the bullpen coming out and Jeffress doing a great job uh, along with uh, LeClerc, it makes them feel like, okay, when we do get a lead, we can hold this lead. There's guys down there that can hold this lead. If this was happening middle of the season, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because you've probably racked up, let's just say, 25 wins or more, 20 losses or more, and you're just like, this is just part of the flow of a season. But to start a year the way the Rangers have started with you know, ultimate disappointment in the ninth inning, it feels probably good for the Rangers to close out a game, move on to the next one, and hopefully as we get into Sam Dyson talk, Sam Dyson, I believe, threw a bullpen yesterday with Doug Brokell, that that bullpen went well, they figured out some things, and that he can come back and be a contributing player to this team. All right, so let's let's start with Sam Dyson. So I, I want you to kind of break down what you've seen. But first, let's say Sam Dyson is able to write the ship. He's able to get, the way it was put to me, more Ferris wheel, less merry-go-round on his sinker. More, that's perfect thing. More, more, yes. you know, more vertical drop as opposed to lateral movement. Is there a way or is there a chance is there a chance where he is at some point not right away but at some point the closer again for this team? Yes, but 
I kind of don't want that to happen. Because, because that means someone else fails. Yes, because if it is Matt Bush, if it's Tony Barnett, whoever they decide to start letting pitch the ninth inning, you hope that that guy does so good that you don't have to then go back. That was the good deal about Sean Tollison a few years ago, a good deal about Sam Dyson last year. Uh, so you want that guy, whoever has this job put upon them, that they do good enough that you just say, hey, Dyson, you're doing great again, pitching the seventh and eighth inning, uh, but this guy's getting the job done, and until he fails, it's his job. So if that new closer, whoever it might be, and we'll discuss, it seems like it would be Matt Bush, but now there's a health thing that's uh, a part of the conversation. But let's just say, for the sake of this this conversation, it's Matt Bush. If he does not falter, this is his job from whenever he takes it to the end of the year. The ceiling for Sam Dyson is to close a game when Matt Bush is unavailable, perhaps, but but maybe more so be a, a reliable 7th or 8th inning guy. Yes. Okay. All right. So beyond the the, fairy, uh, the, the Ferris wheel merry-go-round example, what, what have you seen just for those curious about a mechanical change or why Sam Dyson is has gone from dominant in the WBC to struggling here in 2017. Well, first of all, what you're saying is perfect uh, with the way the ball's moving. First of all, if you start getting as much side movement as Dyson's getting, it's almost impossible to control because the plate's 17 inches wide, and he's at time getting more than 17 inches of movement, which I think to a lot of people would say, like, well, that is awesome. But to be able to control, to know when is it going to move 18 inches sideways and when is it going to move 6 inches sideways is really tough to do. When the ball's moving down in a downward action, it's a lot easier to control. So he's having those control issues. Second of all, he's lost 3 to 4 miles an hour on his fastball from last year. And I think part of that reason is he's trying to like he's trying to place the ball on a corner. That's not who Sam Dyson is. He's a guy, when I saw him come from Miami and when he's been successful, he takes the ball and he throws the living piss out of it. And he throws it pretty much down the middle and then lets the heaviness of his ball, the sink of his ball, in the strike zone do the work for him. He's never been a spot-up guy. And I felt like this year, and he wasn't in the World Baseball Classic, I felt like this year he was trying to like nibble the corner. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to master the command of the corners. It's like, that's not you. The reason you're successful in the major leagues is you throw it in the high nineties and you throw it like a bowling ball sinker. And when he can get back to himself, and I think he will, I I really do. I think this is going to be a guy, hopefully two podcasts from now, we're talking about the great adjustment Sam Dyson has made and how he's really helping this team in key situations and key outs. I don't think this is a deal where you're going to be two months from now saying, I don't think Sam Dyson can pitch in the major leagues anymore. Now, you know, you, you talk about a high 90s bowling ball sinker. The velocity is down. You said, I think you, you said two nights ago when you joined me on the post game show that you think that a part of the velocity drop is a mental thing. Now, his velocity so far this year is very comparable to his velocity last year. And I know that okay. everyone looks at last year as. You know, a, a rocky year for him. The reality is he had a really good year last year. Uh, I yes. think that, you know, you always think your closer is way, way rockier than he really is. I think he was seventh among closers in one, two, three innings. So not, you know, not top three or anything, but he was still pretty good. But you're right. The velocity is down the last two years from 2015 when he joined the Rangers. So uh, I guess there is something there. 
Um, but I, I do think he can be effective with mid nineties velocity, and I, I think you you believe that as well. Or yes, no. yes, okay. no, I do. As long now ninety three, not as much, but ninety five. Uh, no. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, don't hold back. You're a sprinter. You're not a marathon guy. This the season's a marathon, but relievers are sprinters, and I felt like part of his brain, whether it was lack of confidence because of just getting hit early in the year, is I just felt like. He was trying to place the ball instead of throw the ball. And I hate to say this because he is a pitcher. He's not stupid. He does think. He does have a good changeup. His breaking ball is below average, but he uses it every once in a while to get a ball to move the opposite way to then make it a little bit harder to hit his uh, sinker and his changeup. But I just I felt like he was almost pacing himself. And I don't want you to pace yourself. Pretend that this is the last time you're ever going to touch a baseball because really for relievers, that's the beauty of it. For me, getting to be mostly a starter and then had to get pushed into the pen later in my career because I wasn't good enough to start, it kind of was this freedom of I don't have to hold anything back. I don't have to hold back my breaking ball till maybe the third inning because I'm going to see this guy three at bats tonight. You're only going to see this guy one time, probably for the whole series, maybe twice, and that might be a day or two later. Just leave it all out on the line. And Sam knows this. He's been a very good pitcher for the Texas Rangers for over a year. So now it could turn into Sean Tolleson. I don't think it will because I thought Tolleson at this point last year, and I know he hadn't been ejected from the closer role, but I felt like he's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. And he really never was. Yeah, he never was. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad I'm asking you this question after last night because Jeremy Jeffress looked really sharp. First time, I think. Frankly, that Jeffress has looked sharp this year and maybe one of uh, two or three times he's looked uh, that sharp, closer sharp, since he joined the Rangers. Uh, Jose LeClerc looked really, uh, look really, looked really strong last night. And then obviously we know what Matt Bush is capable of. Uh, so I want to ask you who you think. Oh, and, and sorry, and Tony Barnett. You know, we know that Tony Barnett's about as solid as, as they come. Uh, well, first, let me ask you this. The Matt Bush-AC joint, he dealt with it last year. I guess it's something that's coming up early this year. How big of a concern is this? And and I, I I ask that with the asterisk that whenever there's an arm injury with a pitcher, it's always a concern until they're on the mound being able to do the things they, they were able to do prior. But on the surface, as much as you're able to speculate, how much of a concern do you think this is? If I were to put a number 1 to 10, 10 being like his career could end because of this and 1 like not a big deal at all, I would say a four. Okay. I think we're going to be okay here. Here's the reason that I have some concern. He's really never been a pitcher in his whole life. He is in his early 30s, and that was his first year ever to pitch. And he's coming into a season with the offseason, with the spring training, to get ready for a season. He wasn't competing for a job, and his shoulder's already bugging him. That's the concerning part. The cortisone shot should work. It worked for him last year. He had a little bit of issue with this last year, so that's why I'm not as concerned that he was able to pitch with this issue last year, get the shot, and be okay. Uh, he is a he is an older – thank God, I'll put it this way. Thank God they didn't say, hey, let's try to be a starter in spring training. My goodness, yeah. Because this – he's he's never going to be a starter. Hopefully that never comes up. He's an old guy. Yeah. Now, I know his arm is somewhat fresh because he hasn't pitched much in his life. But 33 years old is still a 33-year-old body. There's He's he's not 22 years old. So you're going to have this guy, hopefully, for the next three to five years. And then his career is probably going to be over. 
mean, that's the thing about Matt Bush is he's not going to have a long career in Major League Baseball, but for his shoulder to hurt this early, hopefully everything becomes okay. He's pitching for the Rangers in three to five days, and the issue will probably come up again. If you have this issue in early April, you'll have it again during the season. Hopefully it isn't till like mid-July, mid-August, and it's a similar feeling where they can probably give you one more cortisone shot for the season and you can get through the season and be okay. Yeah, you know, you, you make a good point. 31 years old, not young, and has a in some ways a young arm, but also a raw arm. You know, like I say raw, that might not be the best word, but we always see these young pitchers who are on pitch pitch counts and innings limits, and those are guys who have been pitching for years and years and years in high school and college and, and you know, in, in the minor leagues. Matt Bush hasn't been pitching for years and years and years. He's been in jail. Right. You know, and I, I say that not as a joke, but, like, that's just the reality. Or he was a shortstop. Or a shortstop. All right, so let me ask you this. With the condition that he's dealing with, do you have any reservation or hesitation when he comes back and says, I'm healthy, thrusting him into the closer role? Maybe his first outing, I don't. Okay. So maybe I give him one outing uh, in the seventh or eighth inning, and then if it feels great, he throws great. I'm like, okay. And man, maybe that maybe being the closer for the Texas Rangers is like some sort of voodoo deal, it's like a curse. And yeah. you just don't tell him he's the closer. You just say, "Hey, that was great. I might use you in the ninth inning next time." Next year, I think the Rangers should pick up some <laughs> random person off the street, name that guy their opening day closer, let him pitch in like a nine run with a nine run lead, have him give up six runs, and then bring in someone else and say, "All right." You're no longer a closer. Let's get in the next guy. Because the next guy's been good Yeah, the last couple years. The first guy hasn't. Name me the closer next year. I know I'll be bad. I'm oh, the, oh, oh. I thought yeah. you were asking me to. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. You won that I'll contract. Take, I'll take the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's say that Matt Bush gets by this health thing. Is he, without question, without hesitation, your closer? Or do you maybe consider Barnett, Jeffress, LeClerc, or even Keone Kella? I will go with Matt Bush to start off. I'm not super confident that it will go great. I believe he's the best option for you right now, but I could see where Dyson gets the job back or they go to Jeffress because of what he did last year. Even though, uh, let me put this on Jeffress. I like him more than the Texas Rangers staff does. And I don't know personally Banny's relationship with Jeffress or Brokel's relationship with Jeffress. All I can do is I can tell by how they use him in games. And they pull him out of games, especially when a left-hander comes up, and I get the numbers, but there had to be left-handers in the National League he faced in save situations that he uh, got around or got out or something like that. They don't have the ultimate confidence in Jeffress to be the closer, so I kind of can eliminate him. So I'll go with Bush. And then second, I will go with Dyson figures it out, and you can put him back in that role. And then third, I'll go with Barnett. Interesting. Okay, so you have Dyson second. So I go Bush, and I'll be honest with you. I this is going to be crazy. I know you're going young. Yeah, I I'll go Jose Leclerc as my backup. If, it was Matt, awesome last night. Yeah, and and I don't think for people who are saying, "Oh, well, you're just riding one outing." No, I'm not. We said this last year that Jose Leclerc's got really good back end of the bullpen closer stuff. He just wasn't able to throw enough strikes. And I know there's always a concern with a young guy who has zero experience in that role. I 100% get that. And I, Jose Leclerc doesn't even have a lot of experience in the minor leagues as a closer. Heck, 
The guy didn't have a lot of experience in the minor leagues as a reliever. It was only yeah. at this time last year he was still a starting pitcher. Two years ago, I got to be uh, in the dugout for the Frisco Rough Riders, coaching first base a little bit, and LeClerc was the starting pitcher. And I remember watching him, and he was kind of, as a starter then, he was 93 to 95. He might have touched like 96 in his five innings that game. And I watched him, and I was like, boy, his stuff is good, but he's pulling his head off to the left side when he throws the ball. Control issues he has because his eyes are pulling off of the target. And it was funny, as I'm watching that, and I'm not saying anything, I know uh, Hart, Jason Hart, because we played together Arizona Fall League, and I'm sitting there talking to him, and we're talking about hitters and stuff like that, but I can see the issue that he had with command, but I didn't see the issue with stuff. And yeah. he comes into the dugout after the second or third inning, and I hear him just having a conversation with the pitching coach, and the pitching coach was right on it. He said, hey, when you keep your head quiet and you keep it on the target, you're, you're throwing good pitches. It's when that head pulls off of your, your target that the ball will get away from your strike zone. And when I watched him last night, it was the perfect opportunity to overthrow the ball and use your head to throw the ball instead of your hand, and he didn't against Mike Trout and against Albert Pujols in a big situation where they could tie the game with a home run or he could just walk the park because of the situation and his biggest situation of his career, he didn't. I was really impressed with his calmness, his coolness, his, his ability to control his body, which controlled the ball in the strike zone. You might be on to something. I might agree with you. It's just maybe the veteran in sure, me absolutely. just wants to see a little bit more. But I could see as the season progresses the way it did for Matt Bush last year that he becomes a vital part of the bullpen. So we got a question. I, I want to transition. We got some questions. Then we'll go to maybe some position player talk here. Uh, the first question, is, it's a good one. It, it comes from Jalen. He wants to know who plays a bigger role on the team this year, LeClerc or Kella. I'll expand on that. And ask you, uh, you know, with Kella, you know, he is a candidate. He's got the type of stuff to be a back end of the the bullpen guy, a, a closer. But to me, you know, two things. One, he hasn't really earned it with the last few years. No. He's shown flashes, right. but he hasn't put together consistently good stretches, really. No, he makes me nervous because of his inability to consistently throw strikes. Okay. Uh, so we're on the same page there. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to... No. Uh, so who do you think does have a bigger impact this year, LeClerc or Kella? I, I would say that Kella's got the, the higher ceiling this year, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. But, again, it's been two years, and he hasn't stayed healthy. And when healthy, he hasn't, or when able to pitch, he hasn't been consistent. So I, I think if I had to make a bet here, I would go the guy who's, who's there with the team right now and Jose LeClerc. Yeah, I'll be with you, even though I do think Kella, I know this sounds positive homerish maybe I think he can be a big contributor to this team if he understands that it's a team and it is an individual sport based on team concepts because nobody's going to help you when you're on the mound nobody's going to help you when you're at the plate it becomes a one-on-one -on -one battle and there is no team uh, in that situation you can do things for the team to move a runner over or to sacrifice your arm that night because your bullpen's dead and you got to give them some pitches and some innings but for the most part it's an individual deal when he understands how to get along with his team, I think he can really help this team out. I have given him a nickname on the G-Bag Nation. I call him the K-Hole. The K-Hole. Now, that can be a positive and a negative, but to me, uh, his new nickname is the K-Hole. There are a lot of 
letter holes who have been really good at, at the it role could, he's trying to fulfill. Yeah, it could, it, it could be strikeouts. It yeah. could be because he turns into the the A instead of the K. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to help this team out. I hope that he takes this in a good way. I don't know Keone Kella at all. I've only heard the things that I've heard. I hope that he can somewhat, and I know it's a different situation, Rugie Odor this. Mm-hmm. Because Rugi was terrible in the big leagues a few years ago, and he could have been depressed and down, and it could have been another year or two of development for him to mature, and it only took him three to four weeks to mature and then to become a contributing player in the major leagues. Hopefully, Kella right now is taking these two to three weeks to mature as a human being and as a, and as a teammate. Last question before we go to position players. Do you have any desire to put forth or put together a bullpen in which you don't have one closer and you you simply match it up. And one night uh, in the eighth inning, you might feel the need to bring in Matt Bush, and then the next night maybe he's the guy in the ninth inning. You would rather not. You would rather have studs like uh, the the Cleveland Indians do, where you're like, here's stud number three, he pitches the seventh. Here's stud number two, he pitches the eighth. And here's stud number one, he pitches the ninth. Do the but, Rangers have that, though? No. They don't. So okay. I, I'm okay with this season, with maybe going forward, unless for some reason you develop this unbelievable uh, guy or you trade for uh, a Raldis Chapman, which they're not going to. I'm just throwing that guy out. Um, that it's it's okay with me if I was in that bullpen and I was good. I would be okay with sometimes pitching the sixth inning and sometimes pitching the ninth inning. Got it. Okay. All right. So we got a question here from. Ronnie, he wants to know, with Gallo looking more disciplined at the plate and producing, where do you see him fitting in and playing with the eventual return of Beltre? Uh, Zach wants to know basically the same thing. Any chance Gallo becomes the everyday left fielder when Beltre comes back? Appreciate the question, fellas. So we'll talk about Joey Gallo here. What I'll say right now is the, the obvious the obvious demotion to me, if you want to keep Gallo, is Jerks and Profar. The only problem there is that if you demote Jerks and Profar, you don't have a, sh- a backup shortstop, and you can't... You can't have a bench without a backup catcher. You can't have a bench without a backup shortstop. You can't have a bench really without a backup center fielder. They don't have to be gold glovers at that spot, but they got to be better than emergency options. And I think that's that's the only thing that keeps me from saying, yeah, if Beltre were to return today, which isn't going to happen, that's not the reality we live in, but if he were to return today, I think Gallo goes down because he needs everyday bats. Now, Beltre's not going to return for two, three, four, five weeks. I mean, it probably in the two- to three-week range, but you never know. At that point, you probably have a big enough sample size to determine whether or not someone's producing, uh, and maybe someone else goes down. But unless you're going to roll without a backup shortstop, I, I have a tough time figuring out where Joey Gallo fits in. I'm with you. Totally agree with you. I will say this. I'm going to change the topic just a little okay. bit. I don't think Joey Gallo's a big league everyday third baseman for his career. Uh, I'm not saying he can't do it. I think he can defensively. Kind of, defensively. I think he has a great arm. No doubt about it. The arm is there to play third base. Watching him play the other day in the game that Dyson blew it, there was a ball that Mike Trout hit, and then there was a ball in the ninth inning, and I forget who hit it down the line that I was surprised he wasn't close to even getting. Now, I probably need to see a better angle. I'm just seeing it on TV, and I would say this. I think he's ultimately a left fielder or a first baseman. The only reason I don't say just a first baseman is because you have Guzman in the minor leagues who you really like, and and a year from now, that might be your first baseman because Napoli is on a one-year contract and old. 
And then left field is an open position uh, in the future too. I think he's going to be better at those two positions. He can use his athleticism and speed in left field because you can track balls and you have to run 20 to 60 to 80 feet to go get a ball. And he is a fast guy, especially for his size. And then at first base, he reminds me of Jim Tomei, Chris Davis, Mark Teixeira. I mean, you talk about guys that were big guys that played third base that were okay at it. And then ultimately they said, you know what? Let's just put you at first base. You have good hands. Gallo's hands aren't the problem. It's just somewhat his size and that quick first step you need at third base that I'm just not in love with. So for Gallo this year, if he's doing great, stick him in left field. You're not really, you don't have a left fielder. So if at the time Beltre comes back, he has eight home runs. He's batting 240. He's getting on base 33% of the time, and he's a big bopper at the bottom of your lineup. Throw him in left field. But I think for the future of Joey Gallo, I think a left fielder or a first baseman more than a third baseman. So if if you could live with Jerks and Profar and AAA and, and someone becomes your backup shortstop, I don't know you know how you would construct the, the bullpen and the bench. Maybe Hanser Alberto is now on the bench in, in some scenario. Maybe it is Jerks and Profar. He just is no longer part of an everyday mix in left field. I think you could platoon Gallo and Rue. I would love that. Gallo starts versus righties, Rue versus lefties. Uh you know, the first base thing's interesting. Mike Napoli started to hit here the last couple of days. Yeah. But if that turned into a Prince Fielder situation where he just wasn't getting the job done at all, then obviously you could consider that. Uh, I will say this. Uh, so I, if Mitch Moreland, if we were to take Mitch Moreland and Mike Napoli as, as examples defensively at first base, Beltre compares closer to Mitch. Beltre is obviously better at third than Mitch is at first. But Mitch is a gold glove first baseman. Yes. I think Gallo is better than Napoli at first. Or sorry, I, I think Gallo at third is better than Napoli at first, but not not as good as. Okay, does that make sense? He's somewhere yeah. in between that. Yeah, um, I'm not trying to shoot Na- uh, Gallo down. I, I no, don't want I, this to come off as I hate Gallo at third base. I'm just saying, based off of watching Major League third baseman, he would be at best average, and yeah. that is hitting his ceiling at defense. No, I agree, and and I think one of the issues even last night so far for this team has been defense errors and non errors. Plays that go unmade that aren't errors, and I think that that's kind of what you're identifying Yeah, and Gallo. I think Gallo could be a gold-glove first baseman at some point in his career because he has great hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elvis, just, I, I, we got to mention him at some point. Real quick, this is awesome. Three home runs already. He's going to shatter the eight-home run mark as long as he stays healthy. Uh, I think that the power's just developing late. This can happen with guys. I don't think he's going to be 25 home run power. But I think now you're going to have a shortstop that's probably going to hit more like 12 to 16 home runs in a season. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but you're kind of adding 10 home runs to, a lot. His, to his average. And you're so. probably adding double. I mean, it, it's not just when you add home runs, you tend to also just add that extra base he, hit pop. Too. Yeah, he used to, and I get it, he used to try to almost fight every pitch off. It was like he was fighting the ball to hit it over the second baseman's head. A lot of his at bat. And now when he gets into favorable counts, or he knows a pitcher well, he's like, if he throws me the cookie, I'm going to crush it. And I love that, that he's turning the bat loose, uh, and I don't know who to give the credit to. I'm going to give it to Elvis, but there could be part of the coaching staff that has kind of turned his brain onto that, or it might be Beltre or a position player that they've just talked a lot about. Like, you can do this. Your body's able to hit the ball to the park, not be a home run hitter, but if they throw you a pitch that's a home run pitch, hit a home run. 
All right, uh, that's going to do. We're going to cut it short here today. Uh, well, there's there's more, obviously, to get into. We'll get into it next week. Uh, we do this every week here on 1053thefan.com, the Halloween Column podcast with Mike Bassick. I'm Jared Sandler. Thanks for tuning in. You can always tweet us at Mike Bassick, at Sandler J. Happy to answer all your questions on Twitter, and we will do this again next week. Thanks for listening.